0: Please visit jcastnetwork.org.
1: Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. My name is Carl Perkins, and today we are studying a Daf Yud Zayin, or page seventeen of Masechet Tractate Kitubot, and we're going to focus our attention on the passage at the very beginning of this page. It begins already. In fact, um, a few words uh, from uh, the end of the previous side. And it's a very, very famous rabbinic passage that I think um, we'll learn a lot from. It begins as follows. To know Rabbanan, our rabbis have taught, How do we dance before the bride? At the wedding, presumably. In other words, what do we say? What do we sing? How do we praise her? And we have two opinions presented. Beit Shammai Omrim, the house or the school of Shammai say, Kala uh, We describe the bride exactly as she is. In other words, we describe her uh, warts and all, probably literally. We describe her accurately. We describe her as opposed to uh, fantasize about her, you might say. Because Beit Hillel Omrim and the school of Hillel say, Kala na'a v'chasuda. She's a beautiful and a graceful bride. Now, obviously, these are two different perspectives on how we should be not only speaking at a wedding, but how we should be helping the bride or the groom to feel at the wedding. Um, It's really a difference between uh, objective and subjective reality. Let's go on and see how Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel uh, iron out their differences. Uh, we're told that Beit Shammai said to Beit Hillel, well, Beit Shammai says to Beit Hillel, if she was lame or if she was blind, do you say of her that she's a beautiful and a graceful bride? After all, the Torah itself says, and this is a passage from the book of Exodus: "Midvar sheker, sheker tirchak," that you should stay far away from a lie. You should stay far away from a false matter. You should never lie. So, how can you uh, justify speaking this way? Now, we're going to we're going to drill down into this response. But before we do, let's let's see what the response is of Beit Hillel. Beit Hillel responds to Beit Shammai, o uh, Beit Hillel says to Beit Shammai, if I follow your logic, if you know of someone who's made a bad purchase in the market, should you praise that purchase in his eyes or should you depreciate it? Should you speak well of it or should you in fact denigrate it? Surely, Beit Hillel continues and says, you should praise it in his eyes. And from this we learn, Amru Chachamim, from this the Chachamim concluded, t'he adam Im habriyot, that a person should a person's disposition should always be pleasant with other people. Um, now Before we go on, let's let's do what I said I was going to do, which is to drill down into this. We have this very, very, uh, to our ears, I would think, shocking statement by Beit Hillel to Beit Hillel, from Beit Shammai to Beit Hillel, saying, "If the bride was lame or blind, would you say beautiful and graceful?" Well, as I think, I hope most of us would say, we certainly could say such things that a, a physical handicap, a, a, a physical disability shouldn't diminish our ability to appreciate someone's grace and beauty. But more than that, I think, um, we have this, this disagreement between the two schools concerning what the nature of um, this experience is. Um, Beit Shammai seems to be um, focusing a lot of attention on the fact that whatever you say must be a an objective description of the bride because this is, after all, a uh, a form of testimony. And your testimony must be true. That's the context, after all, Midvar Sheket Tirchak, that passage from the Book of Exodus. But um, Beit Hillel's approach is that this isn't about um, testimony. This is about being a mensch. Um, as Beit Hillel brings to the attention of Beit Shammai, if you hear that a friend of yours has um, purchased something that you think is faulty or whatever, uh, unless you're asked specifically, unless you're invited to do so, it's just not appropriate to be offering uh, unsolicited criticism. Indeed, even if you are asked it's uh, not always appropriate to be offering criticism. If, for example, someone uh, gets their kitchen remodeled and uh, you are invited over to see it and they're very excited about their new kitchen and they turn to you and they say, well, what do you think? Well, that's, that's a, serious a serious question. question. Um, um, and I, I think, think we're capturing, capturing that, that kind of a, of a, a question, question in this a sugya. sugya. But the um, text goes on uh, to say very clearly that the sages said uh, that a person's disposition should always be rev, it should always be a pleasant with other human beings and um, uh, this is a very important principle that um, obviously is um, is implicated when we think about how to behave at a wedding. The text goes on to say that when uh, Rav Dimi came, that is to say a, 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 a famous rabbi who had lived in Eretz Israel in the land of Israel and when he came to Babylonia and he often brought with him records of the practices in Palestine and to share with the Jews of Babylonia, he said, this is the way they used to sing before brides in the West, that is to say in the land of Israel. Uh, She doesn't need powder, she doesn't need paint, she doesn't need to wave her hair, uh, meaning she doesn't need mascara, she doesn't need um, makeup, she doesn't need lipstick, she doesn't need to dress up her hair, and still she is a, um, a graceful gazelle. Ya'alat uh, chayn in Hebrew. So again, I think you have this notion that the way to behave um, at a wedding is to be uh, proper and to be polite as much as it is to be um, explicitly accurate. This teaches us a something else. taught a little bit later down on the page that no Rabbanan, our rabbis taught that if there is a funeral procession moving through a town, it makes way for a bridal possession. Um, you were also told, by the way, that either of them would make way if the king of Israel were to be going down the street. Um, But what I think is interesting is not only that the the wedding is so important that even a funeral must give way to the wedding, but in either case, you have this mitzvah, this obligation on people who are not necessarily part of the wedding party to participate in the procession, to... um, to praise, to sing, to dance, to make light and to bring joy to the groom and to the bride. This is something that I think uh, we in the West um, have lost some of. The notion is that the, um, the, the wedding is as much a communal experience and a communal celebration as it is a personal or a familial
0: celebration. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Chorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.